JFL 42 is continuing on uh, right through the weekend and right through to the 29th. And tonight, my next guest, Ron Funches, is going to be at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. Tomorrow's show is sold out. Tonight, there's still tickets, so it's good to have you by. Welcome to the program, Ron. Hey, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is my first time meeting you, so it's a mm-hmm. pleasure. You're unlike most comedians. You come in here very quietly. You're actually quite a quiet comedian. How does that work on stage? Uh, I mean, luckily there's a microphone. Yeah, so that's very helpful. Yeah, for you got me. something to broadcast. Yeah, there's a nice little boom. Um, I just kind of lean into who I am. You know, it's my style. I try to be a little energetic. Definitely, when I'm on stage, I'm a little more bouncier. I'm a little mm-hmm. more upbeat. But um, to be anything else would be phony. And to me, I don't really understand. Like. I get it when it's their personality and they come in like, hey, uh, but like, but like to me, I'm like, oh, it's like, it's the morning. Why would I be like that? <laughs> I got you. And you know what? People appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, but let's talk about how, uh, is it difficult to find your own voice when you're uh, a comedian to actually, I know that you have a voice and that, that people have their own voices, but to actually get vulnerable enough to to speak in that own voice. How, mm-hmm. how long does that take someone to develop on stage? I mean, it depends on the comedian. It takes a long time. It definitely takes years. I think I'm still... People will tell me, like other comedian peers are always like, um, oh, I was jealous because when I first saw you, it seemed like you already had your voice fully formed. And, and so I think it was pretty early for me. For And it also helps that I just kind of speak naturally in mm-hmm. a weird pattern and, and my voice is a little bit different. And so it just kind of all lend together and there's all these things that were kind of um things i got made fun of when i was a kid or detriments to my social life in high school were all of a sudden benefits and helped me get roles in shows and, and you know do voiceover things and that's like one of the best things i learned is like all the, then the things that you're embarrassed of the things that people make fun of you of are usually your, your b- biggest powers Right. And you uh, you just mentioned the uh, cartoons and animation. You are in Adventure Time, which I think is such a good cartoon. Um, Trolls, Bob's Burgers. Uh, do you think this using other characters' voices helps you actually just, you know, when you're on stage, then just lean on your own voice with your comedy? Um, I think it just kind of helps me be OK with being weird <laughs> and and. and Acting out and just going with my first thought and and just following that train of thought. That's the best thing that it does for me. Like even with my voice work, it's not like I have six, seven different voices. It's kind of like, here's me excited. Here's me sleepy. And that's that's about it. It's my voice. You're not trying to make up voices. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You've got an amazing laugh. Thank you. So you you started out in, in comedy. Um, quite naturally, with your family. Apparently, it was a way to diffuse your mom when she was freaking out on you and your sister and get yeah, out of you any know. messes. Yeah, when you're young, um, it was. I just learned the power of comedy very quickly. Of um, my mom was coming up when well, we'd done something bad, my sister and I, and she was coming up to punish us, and I didn't know i was just making we were in a room together and i'm just making fun of my mom i'm like oh here she's come oh you know we're in a lot of trouble i'm just making fun of her and then i can hear on the other side of the door my mom's laughing and like we got out of that spanking and it was (laughs) the first time where i was like oh there is a power to making people laugh it can make them forget things it can change their mood completely and it can change their minds about things and and their where they sit in the world and their you know, uh, their trials and tribulations. You've got a son who has autism, and mm-hmm. you talk about him quite regularly in the act. And this has helped people in in the audience. Mm-hmm. 
Most definitely. What do you get from that? Oh, I get so many great things from it. My favorite part is that um, it feels like I'm helping, you know, representation of a group of people who doesn't get to be seen that often. And if they are seen, they're usually kind of made fun of or mocked or, or worse than that, pitied. And I like to just talk about, like, this is a real part of my life. My son was diagnosed with autism when he was two years old. We deal with this. It doesn't, it's never been the end of the world. It's been a struggle. It's definitely been some obstacles. But it's also led to some very funny moments. And so I like to talk about those moments and to uh, have people after shows, people who have family members with autism, children with autism. I had a lady after my podcast yesterday where she just sat with me and she was just like i have two kids who both have autism i am a single parent you're a single parent with a son who has autism tell me how you did it because i'm freaking out and so i just sat with her after the show for about 15 20 minutes just kind of letting her know like it was okay and that she doesn't have to do everything and she doesn't have to learn every single thing about autism to be a good autism parent and just things like that. And I've had people with autism reach out to me and just be like, thank you for um, representing us and not making fun of us or pitying us. Have you seen those guys that travel around with Asperger's that are the uh, the the comics? No. There's a great, I think it's on Netflix, there's a great uh, documentary about guys that have Asperger's, mm-hmm. and there's four of them, and they're traveling around on a bus. And you can imagine, because you've got a son with autism, uh, Asperger's are high-functionally mm-hmm. uh, autistic uh, people, but they, they have their quirks. So imagine the hilarity as well that ensues with these four guys that are very well aware of the fact that they're all... You know, they have their own way yeah. of operating. That's a bus with no eye contact. Oh, man, it is really funny. <laughs> you should check it out. And they're funny guys, you know, like their comedy doesn't always land. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it's a really great show. I would highly recommend it. Check it out. Let's talk about our prime minister because okay. you are uh, a black man. What I do you, am. What do you Thank think? you for noticing. What, what, what do you think about our prime minister uh, coming out? In we've, we've had three instances where we've seen him in blackface because I've asked all the comics that I've seen mm-hmm. this week to comment on that. Three? Yeah. I didn't know it was three. It was three. That it's seems like too many. Two, photo, two photos and a video. Oh, the same, is it the same week or is it a different time? Uh, different times. He can't definitively uh, say if there's more. Mm. That doesn't sound cool. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Because we're getting a lot of people giving him a pass and saying, mm-hmm. well, that happened in the past. Like the, the last, the most recent one that we have of these instances was 2001. Yeah, that seems pretty current. Hmm, that's hard to deal with. But you know, I, it's a sliding scale though, because you know I live in America, so mm-hmm. we just like if unless you're like, oh, hey, I'm flat out racist. I'm locking kids in cages. We're like, okay, that's cute, blackface. All right, but it's also like, I mean, that's hard to deal with. That doesn't, none of this cool. He should have known better. Mm-hmm. What what age was he at that point? Uh, he was a teacher in 29. The most recent one. Mm, yeah, that's too late. <laughs> yeah, that is too late, right? I mean, I brought up Ted Danson when he was dating yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg in 93. I he was annihilated for that. Yeah. Oh, my friend X-Pac, the wrestler. Um, he he wore a blackface on wrestling on TV. And um, one of our first conversations when I was figuring out we were going to be friends, I was like, hey, we had to talk about this. Right. And it was, it was eye-opening to me to find out how much he did not know that that was... 
Um, he knew it was a bad idea, but he did not know how much painful, how, yeah, the history of it. And I think there could be something like that. If he wanted to, you know, I need to him to, to tell me, you know, yeah. tell me, tell me what your thoughts are. Don't hide about it. You did it. You know, you did it. There's multiple instances. Tell me what your thought process is. Tell me what you've learned since then. And tell me why you want to tell other people who might be young and might end up in powerful positions why this is a very bad idea to do and why you should never even consider that and why why this is just a racist thing to do. You don't want to act like that. I want Ron at a mic at the next uh, Q&A with our uh, prime minister. I mean, he's in Hamilton right now. We uh, Why can't it be as simple as the questions you just asked? It's, it's amazing the questions that we have. Uh, from people, you know, when was this? But I think the motivation question just is not coming up enough. And I'm not sure if we've, if it's just because we have a lot of uh, members of the media that are white. Mm. Yeah, you can see that. It's a difficult thing to talk about, especially um, it's similar to a lot of how men react to like Me Too movement issues because they're like, Oh, I got to think back in my head about what did I do? Did I do something? And even if it's not criminal or not, then you you start you start to then go like, oh, I got to back up the other person. And I think a lot of white politicians get like that when it's just easier to just be like, I think people forget the value of saying, I'm sorry, like I made a mistake. Here's what I learned from it. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a teachable moment. But if you hide from it, if you act like it's not a big deal, then it leads me to wonder what else is in your closet. In the fairness to the prime minister, he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A lot of times. But you guys always say that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't leave it at that. That's fantastic. Uh, Ron, uh, you're going to be at the Queenie tomorrow night for a sold out show. You'll be there tonight. People can get tickets by going to JFL42.com. And uh, show starts at nine o'clock. Yeah, All right. also in a movie. It's called Jexy. It's with Adam Devine. October eleventh. It's not getting a lot of promotion. Go see it. It's pretty good. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Ron.